0: welcome to another episode of the autism everyday podcast we are your hosts swati and geeta welcome back so today we're going to talk about something that's always been touted as you know something people don't understand we've been asked this question so so many times which is what exactly do you do at weekend so You know, people come up to us and they say, you say you're an ABA-based school, but what academic board are you affiliated to? What's your curriculum? Yeah, what exactly does a child learn? (laughs) What do you teach? You say you're one-to-one, but how do you then work on social skills, which you say you also do? And uh, it says you're only an ABA center, so... Why do you exactly work on feeding and toileting skills and
1: self-help? Yeah, why do you want to know all those details from us is what many parents <laughs> ask, right? Yeah. And, and what the heck is ABA? What's verbal behavior? Mm. <laughs> Interesting questions. <laughs> you know, and the truth is, there is so much available online by some very well-marketed and popular behavior analysts. and it's strangely, we know many parents, including ones you know who work with us, who have enrolled themselves in these online modules. Yes, in a bit to understand what exactly um, to do with their child, um, how can they engage the child or teach the child using this magical thing called applied behavior analysis or ABA. It unfortunately the course right the the well marketed well marketed courses (laughs) while it helps you understand some of the principles and all of that and some bits but it's not the entire thing and definitely it doesn't teach you how to implement some of those things and with your own child
0: i'm just going to take off a little bit on a tangent here and, and you know tell you know compare this to these online farming courses on permaculture <laughs> right and we're guilty of enrolling in some of them uh, well, I did one and I think it teaches you nothing yeah. as opposed to what we learn by talking to all the therapists yeah because yeah. they seem to know what herbs work for what yeah. and then hands-on when one of the therapists
1: actually works on the land exactly. and us working with the land I right. think that's yeah that's where we are or learn. us actually going and spending time at a farm and seeing what they do to yeah. like we've done right? Yeah. a couple of farms and yeah. that gives a better perspective um, than those online courses online that promise so much you know yeah. and at the end of the day there is something called culture yeah you cannot uproot something that you have learned and just apply it bang without any modifications into a culture that is so so different from the culture <laughs> where this actually was first developed and yeah. continues to thrive. You can't
0: cut your idlis into
1: one centimeter yes. to one centimeter, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. So so while these online courses do help people understand some things, you do need your own B C B A on your child's case to actually understand how to implement and use these principles. Yeah, absolutely. After all at the end of the day, what's ABA? It's a set of teaching principles that can make learning pleasant and effective which means it's just not a feel good thing but there is data backing it data telling us when things are going right data telling us what do we need to do differently when do we need to rethink what alternate measures we may need to so there's so much that the data is telling us and helping us plan what the child needs and what we as therapists or what the parents need to do. So, we go back to that very basic question of curriculum and that I think is very closely linked with what we commonly understand as education. When you put your child in a school, he, uh, the curriculum is, is fixed. I mean, he goes to kindergarten, you know, there is an established curriculum. You know what he's going to do. You go to grade 1, he will learn X number of things. You don't need to go and ask them, what do you teach my child? But when the child has a diagnosis of ASD, and this is something we say over and over again it is important to start looking at plugging the core deficits to whatever extent the trajectory allows it that would be the curriculum followed and the objective to be achieved and this is nothing to do with language in the form of do you speak tamil do you speak hindi do you speak english uh, nothing to do with letters alphabets reading writing oh yeah nothing to do with writing nothing to do with all of that it is just to do with retrieving processing and application of language and learning by consequence the most important and hopefully the only consequence being provided being positive reinforcement oh yeah so
0: so much there yeah. we're going to do a series over the next few days on what aba is what we do what we can what exactly is verbal behavior who the heck we are? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and what better time to do it than right now, yeah, yeah. Uh, being April that's honored and celebrated as Autism Awareness Month world over. So. Going back to what exactly made us choose this topic for for our mini-series is I think the fact that ever so often and I mean multiple times a week, right, we consult for families that do not avail services that we can. So they either meet us via a doctor referral or a school referral or sometimes they do their homework right and they find us online. Yeah, rare cases. Rare cases, (laughs) yeah. So in the course of these consults, we've, we've been asked the strangest questions. Uh, Someone asked us what is OT and and you know background here where we don't we don't do OT. We can't doesn't have OT We're Mm -hmm. not not qualified. We have nothing to do with occupational therapy. So we're BCBAs, right? So we often think why are you asking us this if you are going to an OT? Why don't you go ask that qualified professional in that particular field? But it's strange that they don't ask them and for some reason we find ourselves in consults, stuck with questions that we aren't even meant to answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So instead today, let's answer what we can professionally answer and ethically address. So join us as we demystify the coolest science
1: ever and the coolest center. Absolutely. Hands down. (laughs) Yeah. So what happens when your child comes into weekend for intervention? Okay, I'm going to run through what it is like, uh, you know. What a typical day is like? What a typical day for the child is like. Awesome. right? Right? So, the child is received at the gate by one of our team members, where they are signed in for the day and then they are escorted upstairs to where the classrooms are, where all the therapy sessions take place, to an assigned place where the child first needs to put his bag. Of course, this is prompted and taught the child becomes independent, and most of them become independent um, on the, over a period of time, and will automatically go to that place and leave their bags and transition to wherever they need to go. So once the bag is taken off, the child is then taken to his assigned place and to his therapist. And along the way, he retrieves his own file, which, by the way, is labeled with mm-hmm. some figures and yeah. whatever the child can some read form, his form name, of ID, yeah. some ID, right? Um, and I love the files because they
0: have a schedule on the back. Yeah, they have schedule on the back. Of it. so, cool. the back yeah. right?
1: so each individual child has his own file. So the child either picks his own file, or if he's not able to, he's helped to retrieve his file. And that file has a set of his objectives and goals made specifically for him. And the therapist, of course, has all the material needed for those goals. And like you just mentioned, it has the child's schedule right behind. So. The session itself I think is a mix of a lot of fun, walking around between activities, lots of interaction and reinforcement, little chatter with folks at the next table as you are passing by to do something, lots of learning really along the way. At the end of the session the therapist and the child look at the schedule at the back of the file and figure out okay where does he go next. Let's assume it's time for a snack, the child is impromptu to get a table mat and his snack bag. What happens if in the process some other bag falls off the shelf? Whoops! The child isn't taught to put it back or say, Help me. So the therapist and the child put the bags together back in place. What happens if the child cannot reach his bag? Again, he's prompted to say, Help me, and then he's had to retrieve his bag. What if the child is struggling with opening the zip of the bag? Or opening those ever-troublesome Tupperware boxes. Oh, they're the worst.
0: They're the absolute worst. <laughs> the worst. But, you know, I think it's it's a tie between those Tupperware boxes. And I don't know the name <laughs> of this new brand. that It's very popular. Do <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. And it's just it's so... You know, I can't figure and, out how to open those boxes. Yes, I don't know yes. the brand, but my gosh, yeah. And if you manage to get it open, closing it. <laughs> With the fork inside. Like, they have this... this place, yeah. you know, for the
1: spoon or the yeah. fork to go in, oh my goodness yeah. that is a task. Yeah, calls for some engineering skills really. <laughs> so what if the child has trouble opening the box? It's very hard for young children especially then the child is prompted with a task till he's become independent. So gross, fine motor skills being taught here what about eating the snackers and on his own? Being able to say I'm done or no when he doesn't want to eat the snack Going to the toilet on schedule, and being helped to learn how to say that he needs to use the toilet when he needs to go, even if it's you know not in his schedule at that point of time. Being able to pull down his pants, close the door, ensure um, you know that he knows how to use the pot, uh, come out, wash up, the whole drill really. Washing hands before a meal, moving smoothly from one session to another, sitting at the computer table in the same room as three other kids, or probably doing multiple different activities, and obviously, some other child's activity looks far more interesting. It's like going to a restaurant and seeing the food in the next table. No, yeah. <laughs> it looks infinitely more interesting than what we have ordered. But yes, here is where the child needs to learn how to function despite the fact that multiple things are going on in the room. Yeah, and I think when we um, look at
0: one-to-one sessions, then uh, they work on a range of goals based on their baseline that we've tracked across domains on the Ables, R or PEAK, and the goals cover imitation and receptive language, intraverbals if the child is ready, motor skills and I think the biggest skill that we teach and we endorse as we can, which is communication. Yeah, yeah, right. They learn to be their own voice. They ask for their own needs. They're able to politely say no when they don't want something. All this without you know, resorting to a tantrum or grabbing or you know anything that is problematic in nature. Actually being able to stand up and ask for what they need. It's so important, isn't it? The most important skill. Right. Yeah. So this is in short what we do. And uh, learning is the very heart of all that we do at Beacon. We don't believe in a formal education, and when I say formal education, I mean those things that you know are aff- affiliated to a board, things that we've all been through. Uh, simply because we are so focused on helping them self-regulate, be polite, communicative, have social skills that are relevant. Now, what is relevant? Relevant is you know maintaining safety in a public setting or not being inappropriate with others. You know uh like one of our teenagers he was using a share auto recently mm. and he had to learn that you got to sit in a way that you are not elbowing the person next to you which is very hard in yeah. a share auto yeah. but at the same time let's say if this was um a bus you don't have to sit that close sometimes yeah. you get crammed into a yeah. share auto so it's, it's very subjective yeah. right yeah. so learning how to be safe in a public public setting learning how close you can sit next to someone how much distance you need to keep these are relevant social skills as opposed to let's say playing a team sport yeah absolutely and in terms of interest they learn best when they're motivated Mm -hmm. and we teach them the skills they need the most the absolute must-haves the without which you can perish skills (laughs) everything else is by the way Right. Everything else is an add on and we love our add ons. We, we we absolutely love our add-ons. We have kids learning Hebrew because he's
1: motivated to do it. So add ons are great. Yeah. So more on the add on skills, maybe in our next podcast. Absolutely. Yeah? So what are some of the add ons good to have skills that our kids are working on? When is it okay for my child's intervention to focus on the add on skills? What are some of the absolute must have skills? that need to be mastered
0: oh also and what is intensive intervention somebody asked us if if sessions have to be more intensive and in my head I was like oh my goodness it is intensive when you're coming out to buy coffee or to fill fuel it's still intensive ABA because you're learning to be safe you're learning to man you're learning to sit appropriately in a car you're learning to wait there's so
1: much happening absolutely right Right? every every um, every event every day every moment there are so many learning opportunities all the time and that's what make the child a socially acceptable child really it's it's not the team game it's not the team game and it's not having to be amongst 20 other kids of the same age maybe (laughs) fully agreed
0: so stay tuned for more and see you next time bye bye